Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. Got a real special show for you today, uh, talking with USC Offensive Coordinator T. Martin on the show. So this will be a lot of fun, we'll get to him in one second. Just want to let you know, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com or you can give us a call, uh, area code 641-715-3900, extension eight. One six six four six. Uh, you can leave us voicemail there. Try to keep it brief, or go to our website peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page, and you can leave a voicemail right from your computer or your mobile device. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Radio. We are on Audio Boom, uh, TuneIn Radio. A lot of ways you can consume the show. Uh, please go there in uh, iTunes and leave us some positive feedback. Uh, leave us a five star rating. It really helps. Share the show with other USC Trojan fans that are out there. We want to try to make this offseason kind of interesting. So we're doing a Trojan Twitter Thursdays or whatever you want to call it. We want to have some special guests. We had uh Kenny Bigelow, USC defensive tackle, on last week. And then we wanted to do something similar this week. And I thought, hey, why don't we talk to someone that made this USC offense go and really got everybody going and got this Trojan team going uh in the you know latter half of the football season. All right, so without further ado, let's bring in our special guest. He is the offensive coordinator for USC and wide receivers coach. He's a 1998 national champion for the Tennessee Vols. Uh, T. Martin is joining the show. What's up, T? How you doing? Hey, Ryan, how's it going? I'm doing great. And uh, back in the office today and ready to get ready for spring ball. Yeah, I heard you guys had a little uh, break there. I, I wasn't sure what your time's been like since the uh, Rose Bowl up until now. Yeah, well, after signing day, uh, coach gave us a few days to, uh, see our families and be around our families and, uh, and then do some professional development. And so between, uh, you know, professional development and just kind of some self scout work, uh, we also had some family time and, uh, today's our first day back to get going and, uh, and then get ready for spring ball. So what, um, as the offensive coordinator, what do you kind of have to do to get ready for spring football? Well, first of all, you want to reflect on last season and the things that uh, we can get better at. You know, for me, it's all about um, taking the next step and and how are we going to get better? How can we focus on each individual player uh, to maximize that player's potential uh, at all of our positions individually? And then as a unit, you know, things that we can focus on to get better at. Uh, And also, what do we do good? You know, uh, a trade of a really good team, a trade of a really good offense or defense is, being able to do things that people know you're going to do, but you're still able to do them. And so uh, it's, it's identifying what we're really good at, how to improve those things, um, keep some things similar and changes that need to be made, and then uh, how to incorporate those things in spring practice. You, know, you only get 15 opportunities, really 14 if you, you know, not counting the spring games. We don't show a whole lot, you know, during spring games. And so um, really 14 opportunities to uh, implement those changes and those things that you want to uh, see on film and introduce to our team, to our players, uh, to see how they respond during spring practice and see if it's something you're going to keep or 
some that you're not going to keep. And so that's pretty much what's going on right now. The uh, you know this was your first year calling plays in 2016. How did the playbook get developed? Do you and Clay Helton and Tyson Helton all kind of come together, or was there something from before that you guys modify? And is it something that continually changes throughout the year and the off season? Yeah, um, it's a combination of all of that. You know, it's uh, when we first got together as a total st- offensive staff, uh, Coach Helton stayed away and really allowed myself and the other assistant coaches to um, number one look at what we are and what we're going to do and how he wants to do it. And so that was a lot of um, carryover from a uh, standpoint of how we operate that carried over. Um, and then it's uh, who we have coming back, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and how do we put players in position to be the best that they can be, and how do we do it, what are the plays, what are the concepts, what are the things that we're going to do, and how to put it in. And so uh, we all came together and, and uh, had some input, you know. Uh, ultimately, I uh, came down to me feeling comfortable with things and and liking it and uh, seeing how it's going to work with our players. Uh, being that uh, other than me, Clay, myself, and Clay, we had the best relationship with the players and kind of knowing what their strengths and weaknesses were and and really what a lot of guys are capable of doing. And so I had to really rely on, you know, a, a lot of that in my history with a lot of the players. Quit uh, making the ultimate decisions on, okay, what are we going to call it in games? And so, but it was a collective effort. Really, have, have been blessed to have coaching staff that that we have on offense, and really creative uh, staff. Uh, we all complement each other in great ways that that pushes us to be better. And um, and we're looking for that next step this year. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive coaching staff. Pretty much continuity throughout the whole staff, except for Tommy Robinson's going on and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with Ed Orgeron at LSU. Yeah. Are you involved in the, the hiring process and any thoughts in like who USC is going to get like for the next running back coach? Yeah, it's 100%. And, uh, coach is relying heavily on, on me and to bring guys in and we're all going to interview the, the guys together. And, uh, ultimately he makes the ultimate decision, uh, as the head coach. But yeah, you know, he, he came to me and asked for a list of a few names. And, uh, we're going to start bringing guys in here very soon, uh, to ultimately, uh, find that next, uh, running back coach. So is the goal to have someone in place before spring practice starts? Yes, exactly. No okay. question. The, um, obviously, you know, you got to call plays for Sam Darnold for most of the year. And that probably had to be a fun thing. Obviously, he became a superstar. When did you kind of know that he was going to be something special? A year ago, <laughs> when he first stepped on campus, uh, you know, he's just one of those kind of guys that don't take long to know that he's good. You know, uh, it's kind of an effect you have uh, when you're recruiting players. You know, if we gotta if we gotta watch the film for five, ten, twenty minutes to realize if he's a USC type player or not, but he's probably not a USC player. You know, Sam is just somebody that just jumps. You know, from the first time he throws the ball, you know, and um, when he was down red shirting and, and going against the defense and, and the things that he was doing then and when he had his opportunities to to play with the the, the starters and, and first and second team guys, you just saw it. You know, it just it, it wasn't a if he can do it and all of that, it was a uh it's just a matter of time as to when uh he would get his opportunity. And that opportunity came this year and, and he took it and uh, ran with it. 
I know you have limited time because you got a meeting uh, top of the hour, but we had some questions on the, the uscfootball.com message board, if you wouldn't mind answering a few of them. Yeah, no cool. question. Charmack said, uh, have you got any feelers from other schools, and where do you see yourself three to five years from now from a coaching standpoint? Uh, you know, each year you hear things, and, uh, and, and, and schools do reach out and have uh, – you know, interests. Uh, I've always stayed committed to USC. Uh, I believe in what we're doing. I uh, believe in where we're headed. Uh, I believe in Coach Helton and his staff and what we're building. And uh, I want to be a part of that. And so I, I'm not this uh, guy that kind of looks so far ahead. You know, I, you guys have been here with me for a long time. You know, I, I focus on the next season. And this year, my job is to be the best that I could be for our players and for our head coach and his team. And that's where I focus on. And if uh, something comes up in the near future, then so be it. At that time, I'll prepare for that and and and, and then go in that direction. But for now, um, I'm about today, and uh, I'm about what, what what we can do at USC this next season. And uh, that's all I'm focusing on right now. Uh, Chewy Chewy wrote in and said, um, "Does being the offensive coordinator make it harder to focus on recruiting the way you used to?" No, because, uh, no, even when before I became the full time coordinator, you know, in terms of calling every play, I prepared as if I were the coordinator. You know, my, my past and my history is being a quarterback and, uh, whether I was coaching quarterbacks or, uh, mm-hmm. playing the position, um, now coaching wide receivers, you know, I, I coach my receivers as if they are quarterbacks. And so I, I've always prepared as if, I were the play caller and putting myself in those uh, positions to, and the way I prepare and the way I, I contributed to whoever the play caller was in the past, that's just how I am is how I've always done it. And so my routine never changed from recruiting to, uh, you know, from being an assistant, you know, coaching wideouts to being the coordinator. I feel like it's something that you got to do. And uh, I'm excited about it. You know, it's, you know, players make plays come alive. And we can think that it's all about X's and O's when we know that it's not. It's about players. And uh, I don't care what level you're on, it's about players. And so for me, it starts with the recruits. It starts with, uh, you know, getting the best players that you can on your team. And then these plays, you become a lot better play caller when you have great players. We had a skateboard XLB say, what was your feeling going into the fourth quarter of the Rose Bowl? Calm, collected, uh, no panic. Um, you know, uh, I, there was some, there was a groove. I was kind of in a certain groove, uh, the way I was feeling and seeing things, uh, as the game progressed. Um, Sam was really starting to get a great feel. He had a big first half and, you know, third quarter wasn't what we liked, but when you understand what was going on, um, it, it was it was a feeling that I had of confidence. Not one time that I feel like we weren't going to win the game. I didn't know how, but uh, it was just ultimate confidence in our team that we would do what it took to win the game. And so uh, it, it allowed for me to stay uh, balanced and and really uh, not just say abandon the run game and just throw the ball every play. You know, we you had to mix it up. And I thought Penn State was doing a good job of mixing up what they were doing. And uh, it was just a fun experience, a good game to call, as well as uh, witness 
uh, uh, I'm upstairs. Davey 64 wants to know, are we going to implement, uh, some jumbo packages for short yardage situations? You said jumbo packages? Yeah. 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 No, we, we carry all of that. You know, we have it. It's all a part of what we do. And, uh, it's just a matter of, do we need it? You know, if you're running the ball and averaging seven yards of carry, not in jumbo, then why do you go jumbo? You know, uh, one thing that Jumbo does is bring when you when you have more guys in the box, they have more guys in the box too, and sometimes it's uh easier to uh, to spread people open and create natural gaps uh, with the type of running backs that we have. You know, we didn't have a 230 pound, 240 pound back. That's just those kind of running backs, and so you gotta you gotta do what's best for you at the time. But uh, certainly, we have that as a part of our offense as part of what we do. Just a matter of what's what's going to take for us to to ultimately get the first down or or touchdown if need be. Billy Deals wants to know uh, which wide receivers do you think are poised to see significant playing time this year? Yeah, it's just a cool time uh, at the receiver position because for the first year, you guys, you know, as a, as a fan base, will will see some new faces. You know, really uh, from Stephen Mitchell and Deontay Burnett, those are kind of your older guys in the program at receiver now. And uh, and we, we know how well uh, Stephen Mitchell has been for how good he's been for us, and Deontay Barnett emerging as uh, one of those uh, names and faces that people are going to come accustomed to seeing a lot. And then uh, there's the the Michael Pittman's and Josh uh, Amorda Bebe, you know, Valus Jones, Trayvon City, Tyler Vaughn, you know, a very, very good group of players. Um, and uh, Joe Lewis, um, and Randall Grimes, who signed in this year's class. So I'm really excited about the talent that we have at receiver. Uh, it's going to be very competitive, and uh, youth is good. You know, new faces are good. And having a veteran quarterback to lead a younger, um, more inexperienced group of wide receivers is a good thing because they're all talented. They all can get the job done, and uh, it brings excitement for spring training camp in preparation for our season. Uh, Pork, uh, posted, he spells it with pork with three R's there. He said, uh, what, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, as far as a play caller goes, what do you think your strengths are and what do you think you need to improve on the most? Well, I got to improve at everything. You know, I, I'm always looking for things to get better at. You know, my strengths are the run game. You know, I just, uh, although I coach wide receivers and play quarterback, I was raised, uh, in college in the Philip former system. Uh, David Cutcliffe, I was a Pittsburgh Steeler, Oakland Raider, you know, Philadelphia Eagle. And so it's, it's about balance. It's about uh, the run game. You, know, you have to establish the run game and things come off of your run game, whether it's play actions or uh, what have you. And so uh, I say that that would be my strength. And, and then in the, in the passing game as well, feel pretty balanced as a play caller. You know, when you play quarterback, you, you have to know, both sides of the game and protections and all that stuff. And that's just kind of how I was raised in, in the game. Uh, and, and things get better. At, it just, it just comes with time, you know, and, and all of the different situations that you come into as a call, as, as a play caller, you know, it's, there's too many to name. And, um, every game is different. Every situation is different, whether you're in red zone or backed up or uh, third downs or what have you. Uh, it's just going to come with time and experience, but, but for me, uh, having played it and uh, for the most part of my career, call my own plays, uh, it's kind of a natural deal for me. 
one hour allowance posted i'm not kidding t 12 questions on i'm like dude just one person i'll ask you one of them though oh, i know he said yeah. uh, he had a lot of questions they're good stuff uh once a letter of intent is signed what type of book or program are the players given for core lifts and training before they hit campus and is all of this monitored for player development uh you're talking about lifting weights um, oh, well, like, a, yeah, about? program for lifting weights, but also, I guess, the playbook stuff, too. I don't know if you guys give them stuff early. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, really, the day after signing day, we send over our first few days of installation into both sides of the ball, um, offensively and defensively. And at that time, you're taking phone calls and calling your recruits to to get them caught up. You know, I've had several conversations with um, the receivers that have signed, and um um uh, and and getting them ready you know uh good thing that both are local and they can come around for spring and watch practice and, and be a part of that experience um but no you start right away and and thing for me is while i'm recruiting players i don't tell them to play calls or things like that but uh i like to coach them while i'm recruiting them because it lets you know what kind of mind you're getting it lets you know uh how quick of a learner the player is and the retention of knowledge he has and so um uh once they sign then you begin to extend that relationship but it starts right away after signing day well we'll do one more i know you got to go off to a to another meeting here um there's, we got yeah, a lot of a few minutes I'll, I'll go to come grab me here so okay all right we'll do a couple more um jj fight on said being a former college national champion quarterback which my wife is very mm-hmm. happy about because she was at Tennessee at the time. Um, what <laughs> <Yeah>. advice? <laughs> what advice can you give Sam Darnold as he prepares for the season with such high expectations? Uh, to focus on getting better. Uh, to you know, simple is better. Sometimes when you have success, uh, when people grab at you, you know, speak at this place, speak at that place, and um, all of those type things, people begin to grab at you. But simple is always better, and the, the routine that that he's always had, you know, he'll keep. And, and Sam understands. You know, he, this guy is uh, so poised. He's so uh, advanced for his age in terms of his maturity level and understanding of things. And I don't expect him to change. And so we're going to continue to push him to continue to get better. And uh, he wants that and welcomes that. And uh, But that, that's my advice. It's as simple as better. Keep things simple and continue to do what you've been doing. Um, Cowtown Troy said, looking back, what was your biggest challenge adjusting to being the offensive coordinator and play caller last year? Uh, biggest challenge, uh, man, I was, I would just say just from a organization standpoint, just being responsible for everything, uh, in terms of when you're going to meet, how long, what we're going to talk about and all that kind of stuff. You know, when you're a position coach, you only focus on your guys and what their needs are, and you understand the grand scheme of things, but it's not necessarily your responsibility to handle everyone's position. But then, you know, you become the coordinator. It is ultimately uh, your job to to make sure everyone's on the same page and that we're all pulling in the same direction. Uh, at times, coach the coaches, and the coaches will go out and coach their players. But that that's what I would say would be uh, the main thing. Uh, like I said, I'm very fortunate to have the staff that, that I have here, uh, guys with experience, guys that don't have to worry about, um, um, you know, their, their, what they do in their room and how they coach and how they, 
transfer the information that we spoke about as a staff to their players. Like our guys are spot on. These guys are great, and uh, we we work great together. Frosty fan has a good one. He said, "Coach Martin, if I was a recruit and we were having our our last home visit, what is your pitch <laughs> to me to go over USC to go to USC over Alabama and Ohio State? Let's say I'm the number ten wide receiver in the country in the 2018 class. I'd love to know what it's like to be." Uh, like that recruit in that moment? <laughs> if it's the last visit, then we're pretty much past all of that, my man. Uh, <laughs> hopefully your mother has cooked some really good food for us and, and we're sitting down having a nice meal. But uh, but again, it, it's the opportunity to come to a top 15 university, private school education, uh, that's second to none, to, to live in the city of Los Angeles that uh, I know you're, you're a young man and you want to have a lot of fun, but the city of LA is a uh, is a training ground for opportunity, and when you're a Trojan in Los Angeles, uh, that's the side that you want to be on. And uh, those are great universities. We don't have anything bad to say about those other schools, but we like to we have so much to say about USC that we don't need to. And uh, our football tradition, our our NFL uh, pipeline, uh, Hall of Fame pipeline, and at every position, you know, and so. That's the thing that I would sell at, at USC. Those are the things that we do sell. And uh, the Trojan family and our alumni, they do the best uh, because uh, Trojan for life means Trojan for life. Kind of along those lines, Autopilot One says, what makes you such a successful recruiter? Relationships uh, and telling the truth. Uh, it has uh, cost me some guys um, that, that I may not have signed, but Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's uh, looking a family and a, and a player in the, in, the, in the eyes and be able to tell them the truth and uh, let them understand that uh, you come play here with us. That that uh, we're we're gonna have your best interests at heart all the time. You're gonna get coached to to the to the best of your ability and give you the opportunity to be successful on the field. And everything else takes care of itself. You know, if you stay out of trouble and you go to class and do what we ask you to do. Um, this program and this organization is built for success. You just got to do your part, and uh, that's pretty much it. And we'll do one last one for you. I'll let you run. SFUSC and a couple others wrote in. What do you know about the tight end position? And SF uh, for USC said, with the incredible talent USC has at tight end, will we see more use of the tight ends in the offense going forward? Yes. Uh, you saw last last year with Daniel um, – Tyler Petit, uh, Taylor McNamara, those guys. I think we had a better year for tight ends here. Um, uh, since the time that I've been here, uh, a lot of production on tight end position, but then signing, uh, Josh Follow, Eric Crumman Hope, and then having last year, Kerry Angeline, red shirt. Now you're going to look at a room that two years ago, we were scared to look at that room. We were like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, what are we, what are we going to do at tight end? And then now you look up, you have four or five guys that, that are unique uh, skill sets that are big bodies that can run, that can block, and uh, be that dual threat tight end that we like to have in our system. And so uh, that that position in and of itself uh, is going to bring growth in our system and uh, really excited about getting started uh, with those guys. He's the USC offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach. You can follow him on Twitter at CoachT17. T. Martin, thanks so much for taking some time. I know you got a real busy day, but thanks for carving out a little bit for us. No problem, Ron. Take care, man. Fight on. All right. Thanks so much, T. Everyone else, thanks for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time.
You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 